0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Well, the draft lottery, it happened. Detroit Pistons fans are sad. San Antonio Spurs fans, celebration. Yet again, the Spurs get the generational, or what we expect to be generational big man in the draft. Victor Weminyama, come on down. To San Antonio, we've got a lot to break down. Draft picks could be on the move. We're going to talk about James Harden's situation. We'll talk a little bit about uh Ty Lue, whether he's staying with the Clippers, will Chris Paul stay with the Suns? Lots of stuff for us to get into on today's show, Keith. Uh, the draft lottery, the the spectacle of it all on, on television. Uh, I still love it. I still love it. even watching it while knowing that these results are already known. This isn't happening in real time. This happened like a half hour ago. Yep. It's still fun just watching it all get revealed in front of you.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of people that comes up every year. Like, why don't they just show us this live? And the reality is yeah. it would be awful. No one would want to watch it you like would be so bad like it would just be the worst uh you know TV product because it's just not good like, like it's it's pulling ping pong balls out that going and finding and trying to match them to uh number combinations <laughs> like it would just be you know there's literally thousands of these number combinations and it would just be you know, weird I guess you know the other thing too it would be so anticlimactic because they do the first pick then the second pick. Then the third pick, then the fourth right. pick. It goes Wait, we want to way see way. it in the reverse order, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think the way it is is fine. You know, I don't care about it being live, and it's you know, everybody's like, well, then they can't rig it. They, they, they still could, like if they wanted to. It's not rigged, like you know, if they wanted to rig it, the Bulls or somebody would have won, and they would have put one Binyama in one of the biggest cities in the you know the in the league. Like yeah. that's just and, the reality. and
1: not not yeah i love it
2: i I, i'm with you i love the draft lottery it's crazy so trevor san antonio spurs man when they tank do they 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 do it right (laughs)
1: Uh, i was so i I gotta say i know you were you were all for women yama to san antonio i was hoping he would not go to san antonio (laughs) um part of part of it is just though my own western conference bias where i'm like good lord the west is such a mess already i don't need anything else coming into into the west Um, but but here's how it all, it all finished up. Uh, but again, I think he's obviously a great fit. He's a great fit anywhere. But San Antonio becomes the big, big winner from the draft lottery. We get, so as you can see here, this is a tankathon. San Antonio moves up two spots. Charlotte moves up two spots to get the number two pick. Man, I was hoping for Charlotte when they were in the mix there. Uh, Portland moves up two spots. Houston down two, and Detroit. Poor Detroit down worst four case four scenario. It's the worst yeah. case scenario for the Pistons. I had to text my buddy uh and say, Man, worst this was the worst case scenario for the Pistons. And he just said, Of course. Of yeah. course it is. Um, rough draw there. This was as they were reading everything off, I kept waiting for something to change. You know, for because it went chalk from for yeah. all the way up till through six. And yep. then suddenly at five, it, it changed. I was surprised how long it went chalk for.
2: Yeah, I was too. A lot, a lot of times, you know, you get, especially when you get through those first like four or five teams, like we got to Dallas, I was kind of the first, like, well, I guess Chicago was the first real kind of inflection point of, sure. all right, are they going to keep their pick by jumping into the top four? Then it was like, all right, nope, it's the Bulls, but it's going to the magic. And then you get to Dallas at 10 and it's like, All right. Dallas kept their pick. You know, they'd nobody, nobody jumped and pushed them back. Mm -hmm. So we kind of knew at that point, then it was, yeah. Then the longer it goes, it's like, all right, one of these teams in that six to 10 range is going to have jumped up and, and nobody did, you know, really was just a shuffling within that, that top five, you know, in the Pistons, you had to in effect, lose the lottery four times. Like that's the way you look at it. If you're a Pistons fan, right? We, we lost four times or we lost the first pick, the second pick, the third pick, and the fourth pick, yep. and slid as far back as as, as you know, act, you know, entirely possible uh, in this draft. You know, they, they had a fifty-two percent chance to stay in the top four, and they finished and at it five. Didn't happen, man. Yeah, it was crazy. That's, did
1: did Detroit have the worst night in the draft? Oh, letter? without a doubt. Yeah.
2: yeah, not even close, right? I mean, just you know, anytime you fall that. You know, even a couple picks is bad. Before, like that's just absolutely brutal. So, I want to I want to give you these stats on the Spurs mm-hmm. if I can real quick. So, the Spurs have, you know, this sounds crazy, but they've only really tanked three times in in the history of the franchise. First time they did it, they got they came away with David Robinson. That too, people have forgotten. That was a very risky pick because David Robinson had to, had to fulfill a two year uh, commitment to the Navy. Yeah. Um, and part of what happened was he continued to grow, um, when, while he was in the Navy, I think he had, he was, I want to say was six foot seven when he entered the Naval Academy. Cause that's the tallest you were allowed to be, um, there, which was a whole thing back then. I think those regulations have changed now, but so six foot seven joins grew. I believe it's a six foot nine. I think he finished out at like six foot 11. And by the time he gets to San Antonio, it was like seven foot one, yeah. uh, two years later. So, so that was that. Then obviously, we all know about 10 years later, they David Robinson out with a back injury. Things are going so badly that Greg Popovich fired Brian Hill. Whoop.
1: Greg Popovich fired Brian Hill and apparently Keith Smith just said that's that's it. I'm I'm out on that. He did somehow he fired himself from the from the stream there. Um (laughs) he's back and he's laughing I I was just saying that that (laughs) you were so fired up about Greg Popovich firing Brian Hill that you fired yourself from the show
2: yeah I yeah and then I looked at Danielle and I'm like I just closed the entire show like a moron (laughs) Um, I was trying to close the window next to to, to to the recording window, and and apparently I'm an idiot. And
1: doesn't I've never seen somebody so angry over Brian Hill. He's like, fired I know, Brian right? Hill. I, yeah, out. I was
2: big Brian Hill guy uh, <laughs> back in 1996. But anyway, the point I was making, things were going so poorly. Greg Popovich fired Brian Hill, came down out of the front office, and basically said, I'm going to coach this mess. Like, I made this mess of a roster. I'm going to coach it. And he's still there coaching because he got Tim Duncan. Right, they, they moved up in that lottery. You get Tim Duncan. Then you go all the way to last night. They they haven't tanked the last few years. They've not been good, let's be mm-hmm. clear. But they've been in the play-in tournament. They've been in the mix a few times in the last couple of seasons. And they get Victor Wembanyama. The last four years of the San Antonio Spurs history, they've the last four years, they've missed the playoffs. That matches the number of times total that the San Antonio Spurs had missed the playoffs in their entire franchise history leading up Crazy. to that. So really eight times they've missed the playoffs. And out of those eight times, three of those seasons, they've come away with David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now Victor Wembanyama. Like just, you know, that's, that's the basketball gods, I guess, rewarding doing it the right way, right. Not backing into being a terrible team and all those things like, you know, and not to be fair. I mean, they weren't good this year, but no, you know they they land the big prize, man. And now we all know, right? It, it's funny because I, I had somebody say, "Why does everybody assume that's who's going to get picked?" Everyone, <laughs> come on, it's already done, man. Like, like yeah. they, we could start the draft at two, right? Like, there's there's literally, I don't think anything within reason. We talked about this, like, which players would you trade mm-hmm. for what, Minyama. But there's nothing within reason. The Spurs are going to get offered to to move off that pick. So, to your point of Draft picks maybe on the move, right? If we're ready to move on to that. Mm-hmm. The draft kind of starts at Charlotte, right at two. And we're already hearing, maybe not Scoot Henderson. Maybe they're going to Miller. Let's like, talk about that. So
1: n- number two, does Charlotte really, they already have LaMelo Ball. But you and I have both said that when you're drafting this high, there's no reason to draft for fit. You should be drafting yep. for talent. Yep. But you have LaMelo Ball. So I
2: don't, what do you do if you're Charlotte, yeah. you move back? I don't know. I my guess. I mean, Jonathan Gavoni put right in his mock draft that came out right after the lottery results. My guess is, my guess, just behind the scenes, he probably had like fourteen versions written up or more of the I'm way sure. this could go. Right, he probably had every you know. All right, if they land here, this is who they right. Number one was easy, but if you know, if this team gets two, they take Miller, if this team gets two, they take Henderson, and then we work it from there. But he has Brandon Miller projected number two, and he's not the mm-hmm. only one. I've read a couple others who said, Yeah, Brandon Miller's going to be in the mix because if you're Charlotte, your goal is get LaMelo ball signed to a long term rookie, you know, probably designated rookie extension this summer, and he's not a great fit with Scoot Henderson. They play the same position, you're you're probably not going to be able to craft a great defense. If you're starting those two in your backcourt, it's probably just going to be a little bit messy. So now all of a sudden you're here, Brandon Miller's in the mix there. And then maybe that's Scoot Henderson to Portland. And then it becomes, well, does Portland want him? Or do they say, yeah, we'll keep him and we'll trade Dame, And now we'll start over with Scoot Henderson as our guy. Or do you say, nah, Dame's still our guy. Let's trade the third pick. Like it's going to get crazy after Wembenyama because I could see any one of these teams saying, nope, we're moving out of the pick. We don't want to be in this spot.
1: I, I definitely could too. And let's let's talk about Portland for a minute. And Maybe this may be an oversimplification here, Keith, but I think, look, have they got Wembenyama, they're, they're keeping Wembenyama, they keep Dame, they move forward. I have a hard time imagining a scenario in which Portland exits this offseason with both Dame and and whoever they pick at, at number three or whatever they do. And I think they either trade the pick and keep Dame or they trade Dame and keep the pick. I don't see them keeping both of those things.
2: Yep, completely agree. We, we are in, dude, no one's shock. We are in lockstep on this. But <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's almost kind of obvious, right? You can't, that makes no sense. There is not, yes, if Portland had landed at one, you could say we keep Dame and we draft one Binyama and here we go. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we'll, we'll probably be pretty good right now. And then we're going to be fine post Dame years. Anything else doesn't really make sense for them. These guys are all going to take minimum probably two or three years to get to a level of being the running mate Dame needs to compete for a championship. And by that point, you know, he's probably on the downside of, you know, his your remaining years so i'm with you i i think you know i would be stunned if they they may make that pick but then it may be you know we find out all right, they're selecting for t max right that's right. trading for that pick or whatever it is but yeah i think we're really in a spot well actually i think they have yeah, they have to make the pick because they owe a protected picks. So it'll be one of those things where they, they'll they could trade it after. And we you can know, still hear the day before they what they're doing. Yeah, Just, well in advance. Yep.
1: The, um, the guy but, will put on the wrong hat and, and we'll all do you know do the dance yep. around that and you know, yeah. and then it'll ultimately th- wind up
2: done. I wish they would change that rule. And that's not even yeah. a CBA thing, that's a like NBA like operations thing where it is day of the draft like that counts the same as making the selection because the whole, I get why we have the step rule and not being able to trade consecutive picks. I fully get that. But once mm-hmm. we get to the day of the draft, like if I can trade it two hours from now officially, cause I've made the selection, why can't I just trade it now? Right. And then we don't, we, we don't get all these dumb pictures. And for the kids too, like, man, if I'm, you know, being selected by Portland, but I'm really going to Detroit, You want a Detroit hat. Yeah, I want the Detroit hat, right? And I don't want the Detroit hat two hours later. Like, give me my moment on stage with the commissioner, with the Detroit hat, we go. But that's, you know, we can spend time on that soapbox another day. But yeah, man, I think, I, I really think all the way through after San Antonio, all the way through the lottery, I can see any one of those teams making yeah. trades, making packages of trades. I think we are going to have a draft where we may have a lot of movement up and down. Mm-hmm. We may see a lot of salaries moving around in this this draft as well. Some of the things are obviously are going to be things that are – yeah, the, the trades agreed to, but can't be executed until we're in the new league year and those sorts of things. But I, I think we're going to see a ton of movement throughout you know this draft because I think, you know, it's a pretty flat draft. And that tends to lead to, you know, either the beholder type picks like mm-hmm. I really want to move up to get player X. like let's get there. Like like Oklahoma City a couple of years ago, right, was our last year. I guess it was. We really want Usman Jang. So we're going to package together a bunch of our stuff, move up, and we're going to get Usman Jank. And that's you know where we're kind of you know, – I think we'll see a repeat of those kind of things because like, all these teams are just in such weird, different places. Like Houston, if I'm getting yeah. James Harden, what the heck do we want the fourth pick for?
1: Exactly. Right? exactly. That, that was what I was going to get to next. I mean, yep. look, if Houston – and if you're Houston, you kind of have to know. Yeah. Is James Harden coming or not? Yep. Because there's going to be a lot of movement on draft. Now you could always pick somebody and trade them later. Now once sure. you sign them, though – you gotta wait, what is it, 30
2: days, right? What's the sign of yeah. guy? Yeah, so that
1: can be a little bit of a wrinkle. So then do you draft Houston's the guy? Not even,
2: they- sorry to interrupt, but they're not even no. in a spot where it's like we have to sign the guy to use his salary as salary matching in a trade like right. happened with Andrew Wiggins in the mm-hmm. Kevin Love trade. They're not in that spot, right? Because they're in a spot where they, they've got almost they're sixty cap million space. cap space, so they can you know kind of almost do what they need to, I guess you know, we could get in a spot where they sign hard and then need to sign the player at four and do it that way. But yeah, I kind of, I, yeah, I find it, Hey, much like game and three, I find it very hard to believe that it's going to be hard and four on the yeah. Rockets roster. Like it just doesn't make sense.
1: No, no, it doesn't at all. And by the way, there's a, a story out right now that um, NBA GMs are considering two different things. Um, one Making the draft a two day event, and I think about the NFL draft being like a three day thing. Considering making it a two day event, and and in particular, because the second round gets messy because second round picks get traded so many by the time somebody makes the pick, it's changed hands like six times. Yeah, um. And so that can be difficult. And you you have, what, two minutes on the clock in the second round? That yeah. gives you very, very little time to do anything. <laughs>
2: Nikola Jokic gets drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. Right, like, yeah, exactly. They're, they're not even showing it live. It just flashes on the bottom of the screen. Ex- and, exactly.
1: Yeah. So there, there's talk about making it a two-day event, but there's also, and this has been around for, I mean, I'm not joking when I say decades, there's also a push to make the draft happen after free agency instead of vice versa. Yeah. Uh, where do you stand on both of those?
2: Yeah. Draft after free agency. I, I love like Houston I, I,
1: would certainly appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Especially right. Uh, this kind of year. But yeah, I think, I think then you could for some the, the very worst of the worst teams. You still should be drafting talent over fit, but a handful of the other teams, like if you're Orlando, for example, we've already finished, filled out our roster. You could make a pick at six. Whereas, you know, what we really need right now is a, Shooter, or we need a backup center, or we need a Mm -hmm. development point guard. You could really make that kind of pick if it is. We've already gone through, we filled out the rest of our roster, we know where we are. If it's after, and I just think you'd have a little bit more flexibility and movement potentially through stuff. The challenge is, I think, one thing that would get lost is you'd probably lose a lot of the trades because a lot of the trades are made knowing like, all right, you're going to have cap space right. in a week and the deal can't go official till then, but we'll, we'll make the deal and agree to it now and kind of go through that. So, but yeah, that, that's, that one's been around. There's been a push on that for, for a number of years, but you know, they haven't, you haven't gotten there yet with changing the whole calendar structure because it's really, the draft is the last thing. Um, you know, it's had option decisions and the like on the, the uh, NBA calendar, each uh, league year.
1: Now I would say that it could create some tricky situations in regards to summer league though, because we have the yeah. draft and then like two that's weeks later summer league, summer league yeah. starts up and you want these guys to be able to, I mean, there's some guys where the draft where summer league starts so close to the draft that some of these guys haven't signed their contracts yet when yeah. summer league starts. And then there's the question of, well, do, do they want to step on the floor yeah. even though they haven't put pen to paper yeah. and, and all of so, that. Two Go things ahead. on that one. Cause that's
2: a really good point by you. Uh the, Current CBA, maybe even the one before, I can't remember which one it was, but currently they changed it to all the draft picks count as at the full scale amount, which is 120% of the scale of amount. So what happens when a player is drafted? So Victor Wambanyama, we already know he's going to make like $11.9 million because the full amount is like $11 million or whatever it is, then that goes up to $109 and change, I should say. That goes up to 120% because you can sign any first-round pick between 80 and 120%. What they did was to avoid teams who were going to have – so the Spurs, for example, were going to have a ton of cap space. Let's say they wanted to use all that cap space. Well, what they do is they let one Benyama sit on the books at 100% of the scale amount. Take that extra 2 million or so in cap space, use it, then sign them to the 120% Mm because you could always do that. So, what they did was they changed it. The cap hold is now 120%. So, that eliminated the reason, any reason for first rounders to wait, right? Like they might as well, you're drafted, you already count for the same amount, sign and go. The other piece that comes into that is, Second rounders, though, that's still pretty regularly. Guys would wait because teams are like, well, we got to wait because we're going to use part of our exception maybe to sign mm-hmm. them or maybe some leftover cap space. Well, now with the new second-round pick exception, the so-called polinka rule, oh, rule, yep, you can just sign those guys right away to a deal you might have used cap space for or whatever anyway, and you get moving in that direction. So I think, think those are two positive moves to make sure if a team – you know, like uh, Charlotte, I think they've got the two pick, but then I think they've got another later first. I think they have two or three seconds. If they wanted to bring five players onto the Summer League roster in years past. It might have been a little bit more difficult. Now they should be able to do that without any real worry.
1: So the only real reason why then a player wouldn't sign uh, that, that deal is if you were planning on using that player in a trade yep. and you don't want to wait the 30 days after they signed that contract yep. to put them in. Walker into the Kessler trade. last yep. summer. Yeah, right, that's that's, that's what you're looking at.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he played at all, but or if he did, it was at the very tail end of summer league because because he was he was going in the Gobert trade, and that had to wait until you know a little bit to be finalized and locked in. So, yeah. You
1: know. um, moving down the list here, does Detroit just rage trade the number five pick? Like they've got to be so <laughs> disappointed. They're going to be so disappointed right now. I mean, that's that's rough to to drop that far, especially when. With what's on the line, you know, potentially a, a generational talent franchise changing guy and you get the worst luck in the in the draft that they'll, they'll be interesting to watch, though, in terms of what they do with that pick. Maybe they just keep it. But this is a team that, you know, had their sights set on on moving up uh, in, in the Eastern Conference this next season.
2: Yeah. And the thing is, I, it sucks. Right. And I can't. I can't even begin to spin it in a positive or no. like, Oh man, it's, it's really not that bad. Um, the reality is though, for the Pistons, you got to be like super smart, um, about what you do here. Like to your point, like, and I know you were joking, but like, yeah, you can't go overboard with like, well, that's it. I don't even want the pick because yeah. the reality is, as you look into it, you get into a spot where it is. All right. You know what? We're here. Let's get into our, um, you know, let's go into our, uh, you know, you know, deal here where it is, you know, all right, we're going to get, you know, uh, you know, somebody's still pretty good here, right. And mm-hmm. I'm pulling up ESPN's mock now just to see that is not the latest mock. Why do they still have the super old one <laughs> up? Um, I can't, I don't know why that. they do a lot of the things they do. That's well, a great, great point. Even, <laughs> even better point, but by, by you, uh, um, but it- yeah, I can't he, find it now But yeah, it is oh, there Somebody's going to be there Yeah, it is As we get into it They have them projected to get. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Jace Walker Out of Houston I, I knew it was going to be One of the Thompson's Walker or Cam Bletmore. Um So you're still going to get a good player. You're going to get a wing now, probably. I know some people still think Thompson, uh, Amen Thompson, maybe, you know, a point guard in league. I think he's definitely going to be a two, three kind of guy, but um, we'll do a lot more breakdown on the draft guys. So you're going to get a good wing. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Right. That was a need for you. You know, you would have rather been in either the, you know, if you weren't going to get one you would have rather have come away with Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson because you could always say, all right, we'll take Henderson, we'll move Cade as a playmaking three, and off we go. We'll get Miller, leave Cade at the one, and just kind of move forward with that. So you still get a good player, but, man, mm-hmm. that's just oof, brutal. Brutal, brutal, One, brutal.
1: one of my favorite movies is uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and Paul Rudd's character in that movie has this great line. Um, his is named Kunu. And they're out in the water uh, getting ready to, to surf and he's explaining his philosophy on life. And he says, you know, w- when life gives, gives you lemons, just say F the lemons and bail. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> I love that. Detroit, Detroit cannot do that. Detroit has to turn those lemons into lemonade. They have to try to make the best yep. of this situation. Um, and, and again, don't just rage trade this pick. Not that I would expect them to, but no, they need to try to, to I... make the best of it. Even if, even though it does, it, it certainly stings. If you're the Detroit Pistons.
2: I do think they'll be interested in trading the pick, though. No, I think if you know, oh, if for sure, get something where it is hey, give us a guy who can help us win right now and move along, there, there, there may be. So, yeah, I mean, San Antonio's might as well already start. Selling so Wembenyama jerseys and move move on, and we could just start the draft. We draft at number two, but man, over the next month and a half-ish, roughly uh, until the draft comes, we're gonna get a lot of buzz of you know Charlotte's talking to X, you know about a pick, mm-hmm. and Portland's had you know twenty offers for number three or whatever it is. Like it's gonna be absolutely crazy because just just to repeat it because it's really worth one more time. Some of these teams are in such weird spots where it's like they like Portland kind of almost stumbled into this. I know they tanked at the end of the year to get down there, but they Mm -hmm. kind of almost fell there. Not not was not the plan. Right. To be bad. And, you know, here we are. And now we go and like Orlando, they've got two picks and a mostly full roster. Do you need two picks? What what if you really like a guy, uh, you know, Four? Do you trade? Put them together, move up, and you know those kind of things. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm super excited for the next month of this. I've also, I have spent more time already watching these guys for this draft class than any draft class I think in years because I knew literally nothing about the you only know, handful of these players. So I spent a lot of time. So I feel more prepared uh this year than I generally do going into a draft. So I'm kind of excited about that too. Well
1: well that makes one of us. So um so that, that's a good thing that at least one of us is, is there. But that's what we'll bring Sean in because he really knows all these guys like inside and out. Um yeah but let's before we move on because we have other topics we need to get to today. Uh, Is there any pick that is more of a lock to be traded than Dallas at 10? And boy, did their tanking efforts really pay off because they did manage to keep that pick.
2: Yeah, and I think it was Zach Lowe's story. Both Zach Lowe and Jake Fisher both were in the room and wrote stories about like from being in the room. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's always one of the really fun reads from Zach's because he's always got a bunch of like just fun little tidbits from the time in there. But both of them said versions of, there were a lot of people, I think it was Zach more than than Jake, but there are a lot of executives that are like, Boy, I hope Dallas doesn't get rewarded uh in this for what they did. Cause oh. you know, I mean they already got fined, seven hundred and fifty thousand. Could you imagine? You know, if they what if okay, Dave landed number one? Cuban would have been like, You wanna find me ten times that that amount? Let's go. Like yeah. I got, you know, I, I did poor, as uh well, what does the guy say in Mighty Ducks? Two minutes? Well worth it.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what did you do?
2: <laughs> oh, and then the, then I uh, you, know, Kenny Wu, the third Bash brother, right? And then he gets oh, that's the, right. Penalty, and he says two minutes, well worth it. Great. Oh, movie. that's
1: right. I'm Great I'm mixing. Uh, like I was mixing two. Mighty Ducks one with Mighty Ducks yeah. two. There, yeah. That's yeah. yep. That happened. Yeah. Mighty Ducks two is
2: the the one playing Team Iceland. And he that's him. right. The, the Team Iceland
1: Duck. with with uh, yep. what Gunner Gunner yep. Stall. Yep. Yep.
2: Captain and now, do you know, did you watch Mighty Ducks Game Changers on? I did. Plus?
1: I did. I Their did. The coach
2: of, I believe, I, somebody can tell me if I'm completely wrong on this. The coach of the Ducks that cuts the the kid, right, which starts the whole, uh-huh. like, like ragtag version of the new Ducks or whatever they are. He was in the movie playing on Team Iceland.
1: Was he? Yeah, I, I yeah. thought he looked. I, familiar. I didn't right. realize that. I thought yeah. he looked familiar. Yeah. That's funny.
2: I, I'm like ninety nine percent sure, but he's like a whole different like character. Like they don't like. I don't, right. I don't think he's playing the same guy. But yeah.
1: So, I was watching. Uh, what was it? It was. Obviously, I'm on a tangent here, but this was. Um, Cobra Kai. I was watching Cobra Kai, and Wolf the Dentist Stanton pops up in it.
2: Oh, that's funny!
1: Like that, and I'm, talking, you know, the actor does. Yeah. He's not that that character, you know? but he pops up. It was one of those instant. I know that guy, and then I went, oh, "That's who that is. that guy." I remember him? He was such a good villain. Um, I needed
2: something on in the background yesterday while I was doing uh waiting for the lottery to come on, and I was doing other work, so I put on. Uh, it was the Kingsman, the, the second one with the Golden Circle. I think it's called or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yep. I, I forgot Pedro Pascal was in that. Like completely forgot that he's in that movie. And then I was like, hey.
1: All right. I suppose we should get back to talking yeah, about basketball probably. at some point here. Yeah, um, in theory, so,
2: that's what the show's about.
1: Right. So, so Dallas most certainly will move that pick. We'll have plenty of time to break down the rest of the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do need to talk about this though, and this will have a, a big, you know, have a lot to do with what Houston does at, at number four, I think, but, uh, Harden, James Harden officially declining his player option. Yeah. Not a surprise. I mean, we knew this yeah. was, was going to happen, but, um, just again, more buzz that, you know he's uh he well he seeks basketball freedom to be himself this doesn't necessarily sound like a guy who is eager to to stay in one place here um yeah <laughs> well he, he could still do whatever what he wants. you never means. know you never know he might wind up staying yeah. in philly but you just it the it feels like every day we just get more and more like yeah he's leaving kind of more fuel added to that fire
2: yeah i'm not I again I don't even fully understand like basketball freedom to be myself. Like, you want to shoot a lot? Like, like I like I'm not sure I fully get what that means. You want to play less defense? Like you don't even want to cross half court, like you want to stay on just the one end of the floor. Yeah. Vivek Ranadive is like, yes, let's go. You know, remember that when that was like his suggestion when like he took over oh. and, like, to play more five on four and leave one guy on the other end? Yep. <laughs> So, which is just wild, but uh anyway, it's like
1: it's man. like the guy in the early days of MMA that fought the fight with one glove, with one boxing yeah, glove on. Right? <laughs> He's just trying bizarre <laughs> This
2: stuff. is this is a show where Kevin, yeah, Trevor, and Keith put a put a topic up, and then they do everything but talk about that. Topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think with Harden, I think the reality is declining the player option that was always going to happen. Right. There was mm-hmm. sorry, the dog is trying to push his way up through underneath the desk. Um, he's like, hey, he, if you he talking about gonna, everything else, I right, can get I in know, on this too. Everything, but uh that's uh you know, he he was always declining the player option. We knew mm-hmm. that from the minute he signed, you know, the deal with a player option on the second year. I think the interesting part was he says, you know, four-year deal that like that's what the report is. He wants a four-year max contract. Again, not super surprising. Um, what's funny is normally, right, those four-year max deals become or a max deal, I should just say. The big benefit for the incumbent team is they can give a player the fifth year because of the over 38 rule with Harden, Philadelphia functionally can't mm. and still do a max deal with him. So, what happens in that case is Harden is pretty limited to a four-year deal with them or with another team, and then it just becomes a difference between five percent and eight percent raises, and that's not. You know, a huge amount. So for James Harden, if, if he wants to go somewhere else, he's just going to go some Houston, right? Let's be obvious about it. Um, if he wants to go to Houston, he's not going to let the money be the difference between him and going to Houston, especially when it's not even going to be that much money.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then when you, especially when you start factoring in taxes and things like that, you yep. know, which Houston's yep. got some advantages there. So there's uh, there's a lot to suggest that maybe he really does here wind up in, uh, in Houston, but I, I just... Look at this quote. I mean, from and this is again, this is sources telling Chris Haynes. This is not a quote from James Harden, of course, but uh, from Chris Haynes, Harden will only entertain suitors that present a competitive roster. Okay, so Houston's got some work to do there and the basketball freedom for the star to be himself. That just it feels like a quote from Ryan Howard from the office. Like, (laughs) like I want a leader who will lead me. Yeah. When I'm in the mood to be led, right? Like that's, that's what this comes across. Like, yeah, I need, I need a coach that is going to let me do whatever I want, but also give me a roster that can win right now. That's, that's essentially what the message that's being presented there is let James Harden do whatever he wants out there on the floor uh, while you cash in all your chips in order to put a quality team around him
2: yeah so yeah and let let me do whatever i want but make sure the other four guys are really good at doing the things i don't want to do right right? so we can still win every game we play like yeah we talked about a little weird
1: james harden probably
2: isn't worth it to do that for anymore. no not anymore yeah he's not that level of player anymore he's never quite frankly been that level of player in the playoffs uh when it's really mattered most he's always kind of Trunk and falling apart in those big games and and now you know he was still very good in the regular season I tend to believe whether it's the Rockets or the Sixers you sign into a four-year max deal you're fine this year you're probably fine year two year three and year four are probably not going to be very good like you're just you know that's the reality that's why I would try to you know we'll give you a four-year max deal because it's probably what it's going to take but that last year needs to be partially guaranteed or a team option, some control for us. So functionally it's only a three year max contract. Um, semi similar to what the Suns did with Chris Paul uh there. And I don't know if we I think we have yeah, that on the list. So yeah. Let's so, talk, let's talk Chris Paul. Yeah. So rumor is the sons, I believe this was also from Chris Haynes. This is the time of year where everybody's kind of writing their notebook pieces. Uh-huh. Right. So we're getting, getting all those coming out now. Um, but the Suns are going to guarantee and pick up Chris Paul's contract for next year. 30.8 million uh, is what he's owed. 15.8 million of it's guaranteed. Uh, So they could save roughly half if they did let him go um, with that. But sounds like the Suns are saying, no, we're going to bring him in. That doesn't mean they're going to keep him,
0: but it sounds like
2: they are going to pick up and guarantee his deal. He also has a fairly early guarantee date um, that I will double check. Uh, while you kind of give your thoughts on that? So,
1: I mean, I think it makes sense in that the Suns aren't in a position to where they can just let a talented player walk away, even if it does save them fifteen million plus whatever you right. really want to talk in terms of luxury tax. They're trying to win right now. Like that's not a good message to send to Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, that hey, we're just letting this salary slot, if nothing else, walk away. In addition to the fact that you know Chris Paul is still a, a good player, he's obviously nowhere near what he was, and there's injury concerns and all of that. But what you do if you're if you're the Suns is now you've got a $30 million expiring contract that you could use to make another move. You could turn him into two or three players maybe. You could go after one big-time player. Now, obviously, you've given up a lot of your other trade assets that you'd use to help you know, add something to that part of it. But still, that gives you a $30 million expiring contract to play with should things not really work out the way that you're hoping. Or who knows? You know, We, we wrote off, off Chris Paul, what was it, four years ago when he went to yeah. Oklahoma City? Something like yeah. that. And then he turned into a fantastic season. So uh, I think this makes sense for Phoenix to not just take the the savings and and say, see you later. Instead, you keep open the door that, hey, maybe this can work with Chris Paul when we get a whole season together in training camp and all that kind of stuff, uh, in addition to the other moves you're going to make to bring in depth. But then on top of that, it keeps the salary slot open to use in a trade, that $30 million expiring contract should things not work out. um, That could be important for them sometime between, you know, in October and and the trade deadline in February.
2: Yeah, I think that's the a very big consideration here. I guess is, maybe yeah, in July. There. Yeah, yeah, even into the next year. Yep. too. well, at that point, he'd be he'd go back to reverting to zero because his next year is fully non guaranteed. But, no, no, but I'm, talking about probably, this, I'm talking about this, oh, July. this they July. They pick up yeah, pick up the option. Yeah. And- Yeah. You pick it up now and and where it's at with Chris Paul, I thought he had an early guarantee date. I got him mixed up with another aging point guard. That's Mike Conley uh, who has June 24th. Chris Paul's is June 28th. So a couple days in advance of free agency opening. So my guess is, well, you know, whether they, they, you know, actually guarantee his money early or they just generally in these situations, they say, yeah, we're going to guarantee him. And then they just don't waive him by the deadline. And that's how we get there. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, i'm with you you gotta you know maintain the salary slot if nothing mm-hmm. else just because if you can save him 15 million doesn't gonna free up enough flexibility for them to do anything you'd have to do that and dump deandre in salary like entirely right. dump it with nothing coming back to be able to pull that off and that's probably not happening
1: either no, you're not doing that you're not doing that um all right tylu uh, there have been rumors linking him to the milwaukee bucks that maybe they'd be trying to find some way to pry him loose from the clippers and uh the, the word came out that no you know ty's gonna stay with the clippers that maybe he'll do a new deal with them uh, maybe they work on an extension or something but sounds like there isn't the intention from the clipper side of things to say yeah no problem see you later uh ty instead they're gonna they're gonna do what they can to hang on to him
2: yeah this one was again a few different places have had uh little pieces and parts of this story but all it adds up to is clippers are like nope we're not letting them go and he's the most stable thing in the organization right now right because mm-hmm. you you don't know when your players are going to be available and kind of go from there so yeah it was it was very interesting I, I meant to ask you so i was asked this on a radio spot uh this mm-hmm. week was you know do the lakers in the heat runs right as a seventh and eighth seed like me in the regular season doesn't really matter and um you know that 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 was the question i'm curious to see what you think and then i'll i'll tell you my thought on it
1: Am I having deja vu? Didn't I ask you this like two days did ago you? off of a radio show that asked me that? Maybe. That's <laughs> Maybe funny. it's a
2: glitch in the matrix. Or something. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe we're cycling through it. So <laughs> Somebody, I'll just tell you the answer but, I gave was if the Clippers had made the run from a low seed because they completely devalued the regular season, then I might feel that way. The right. Lakers certainly did not devalue the regular season. They were just no. bad. You know, There's no other way to put it. They were a bad team that made trades and then made
1: huge changes,
2: got healthy and became good, right? So, like, they at no point I did I feel like the Lakers were intentionally like saying, nah, Yeah, we don't care. We're gonna, I mean, everybody has a handful yeah. of games, right? Where you do that, but the, and you know, the, for the, the Clippers take part, it to
1: the extreme of yeah, hey, exactly. just, just get our guys healthy for the postseason. Exactly. That's all we care about. We don't care about regular season games. So that's not what the Lakers did. The Lakers held down the yep. turbo button from February 10th on.
2: It's so funny. Maybe we did have this car. Now it does feel like it was. A- Maybe <laughs> we're so connected now. We're like having the same dreams or something. I don't know, that,
1: sure. That's what it is. But the other that's point really- I made
2: too is I said you know, if you're the Clippers you can't go in. I think next year we may see the Clippers I'm not going to say they're going to go full bore pedal to the metal from day one. I think we might see them kind of Say, What does it look like if we actually play guys We actually do push, we try to win games And we keep keep things moving uh, I, th- I think we have a chance of seeing That be how this plays out mm-hmm. um, Next year, because I think it's going to be Hey, for one year, we got to find out Like, are, are we as good as we think Yeah, we could be, and let's try to go. Obviously, you're not going to force guys to play through injuries, but I think it's going to be, you know, I think we might get Kawhi plays 65, 70 games or something in that range Mm -hmm. uh, next year, and doesn't, you know, maybe sits out the back-to-backs, or you know, if he's feeling a little something, that's where they go. But I, there's going to be some differences coming with that team. You can't, you can't just run it back and do the same thing and be the fifth or sixth seed and give yourself a really hard path, especially since you know what, they guarantee you getting there healthy. Right. That's that's nope. the worst part of it. You, you then still had injuries at the end of the year that really sunk your season. So anyway.
1: All right. Uh, last thing we've got is the word that there would be strong trade interest in Jonathan Kaminga. Should the Warriors decide to put him on the market? There was a story the other day about how Kaminga has already decided that he's going to go around to multiple cities over the summer with the plans of just tearing it up in the open runs. In, in the hopes of catching the attention of teams that might want to trade for him because he's not super thrilled with the way the Warriors didn't utilize him um, this year. I know there were a lot of, Lake, of Warriors fans that were talking about during the Lakers series, like, why don't we put Kaminga in there? Like, he yep. could do this, this, and this. And they were upset that he wasn't getting minutes. Uh, first, what do you think about the Kaminga national tour here? And then uh, and then, is, this, is that a move the Warriors should consider when we talk about they tried to do the two timelines thing, right? Build for the future and win right now. Do they have to pick one lane or the other? I have a feeling which one they would pick. And then does that result in a, a Jonathan Kaminga trade?
2: Yeah, my my feeling on this, since the James Wiseman of it all washed out in uh, you know, Golden State, lean all in to try to win one more, two more, whatever it is you think you can get out of this group. You'll go all in, trade, trade the rest of the kids, really – you know, do what you can to, you know, prop up the Curry, Clay, Draymond group. I'd re-sign Draymond, you know, don't get crazy, but, you know, give him a fair value contract and try to really try try to get one more uh, out of this group because Wiseman's gone. Kaminga has not shown enough to me that I feel like, all right, there's our bridge player, Jordan Poole. I don't know. I mean, dude, we were both huge fans of Jordan Poole a year ago. Yeah. And now, I mean, God, he fell off the map. I'm mm-hmm. starting to think Jordan Poole. I've said this a lot because a lot of people have been like, what happened to Jordan Poole? I just think he's not good coming off the bench. Coming off the bench is a skill. There is a reason guys like Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams carved out nearly 20 year careers as mm-hmm. bench players. I, I I firmly believe the six man of the year award should be named the Crawford Williams Award after the two of them, right? And they did I think they basically was like traded it back and forth, it felt like for years between the mm-hmm. two of them. But that's because it's a real skill, right? It's you you have to be able to come right into games, make a positive impact, and really drive, you know, good things for your team. I think Poole's the kind of guy who needs to be out there early, needs to feel his way into the game, get into the flow and go. And I think putting him in that full time bench role, you know, because he wasn't as good last year after Clay came back. Uh then this year really just fell
1: He's, off. So yeah. So he he was one of the Lakers' best players
2: yeah yeah In he really he was he was really bad yeah he was awful he was awful for the way now where yeah i would look to move these guys coming out a nice year Yo, know, he he statistically if you just looked you're like man it's all big, exactly the same right just nine you know just under 10 points per game but adjust that for playing a few more minutes but that misses like he did raise up to be a 37 percent three-point shooter on two a little over two attempts per game uh you know this year he dropped 52.5 percent from the field so there's a lot there i just look at it as you know this kid is only is he 21 yet no he's only 20 he does he turns 21 right before the start of next season so you get to a point where it's like by the time he's really really ready to be a contributor to you winning like the, the rest of the guys are going to be done. Like they're going to be mm-hmm. gone or, or barely hanging. in there. Maybe may be Curry. Cause he may last, you know, a while yet, just cause you know, the way his game is. But yeah, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I would probably look to see what I could get for him. 6 million in salary matching, you know? So that's not nothing, you know? And that's, that's the way for the warriors. You're going to have to make hard choices like that with the new penalties against them. Cause they're going to have, they're gonna have the uh league minimum inside their own draft pick. That's it. That's the how they can add outside talent unless they make trades. So so yeah, yeah. I would I I I get it right. And I think, yeah, I think you'd have a whole bunch of these teams look at it and saying, all right, yeah, we're we're ready to go. Like we we think we can give him 30 minutes a game and find out what what he can be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he can get he can get interest from a lot of teams, I think. And if he can get the kind of return the Warriors want, this might be a win-win for for both parties, for the Warriors and Kaminga, where he can get the minutes that he needs, and the Warriors can get the piece that they need to help them, um, you know, win with their veteran players. So he'll be a uh, a name to keep an eye on, and we'll see what the footage looks like coming out of uh, these open runs. If Kaminga, really <laughs> yeah, I don't does, that I don't know. Pickin- I don't know about
2: that old plan. I, th- I think teams have a pretty good book on what, what he's going to be. In. I don't know that showing up and dominating me in an open run is going to make anybody feel real yeah. good about hey, trading for come him. on.
1: It, it worked for Jimmy Butler, right? Just get on a team he's with so the third closed. stringers, dominate
2: <laughs> the first string guys, <laughs> and get yourself traded. It's, it's yeah.
1: that's That works. I think Philly
2: might have had a sense of what Jimmy Butler was. But then again, maybe they didn't because then they were like, ah, you can go to Miami. It's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not gonna say anything bad about Jimmy Butler. Not, no. not right now. Maybe you know, a couple weeks. We I, I can you know say bad things about Jimmy Butler, but not not today. Not today, my friend. I'm not walking into that <laughs> that danger zone.
1: Oh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us on today's show. Make sure that you do subscribe to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Of course, the podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. You listen to podcasts, follow us there as well. Give us that five star rating and review. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.
3: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.